According to Ibisworld, there are 42,000 financial services businesses in Australia employing 211,000 people. The industry is projected to grow at 4.3% per annum over the next five years. We work with about 30% of the authorised deposit taking institutions or ADIs in Australia. We also audit more private health insurers than any other audit firm and have a range of clients across the other sectors. Our financial services sector is highly regulated with APRA and ASIC being the main regulators. Their regulatory agenda has only strengthened since the Royal Commission into misconduct in the superannuation, banking and financial services industry. The Royal Commission was a pivotal moment in Australia. While the final report was delivered over two years ago, now in February 2018, we will see changes in the industry for years to come. We've seen tightening in the lending environment, with signs of consumers seeking to retreat from the big banks towards the mid-sized and more customer-focused banks. And there remains the unknown factor around new regulation. But what we do have is more robust regulators with more powers than before. In the short term, the sector will find it challenging, but when we overcome the hurdles presented by the Royal Commission, we will likely see a drastically different sector in 10 years time. The expected consolidation in the financial services sector as a result of tighter regulations and reforms has taken longer to play out than we initially thought. And simply because a number of reforms were delayed because of the um, impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and financial institutions themselves were occupied in navigating a course through the challenges presented by the pandemic. This is only a reprieve though, and change has recommenced. Many businesses and institutions, particularly in the financial advisory space, have not yet felt the increased cost burden of regulations. But once that strain starts to bite, we expect consolidation to pick up rapidly. While this is typically seen as an issue for small or mid-sized organisations, the idea of spreading the cost of increased regulation across a larger number of customers or accounts could also be an attractive prospect for big operators and could drive a desire for increased scale in the market. The Australian economy is showcasing a remarkable resilience and the regulatory and reform wheels therefore starting to turn once again. We are also in a period of ultra low interest rates, not just low interest rates, but ultra low. So this means lower margins for banks and non-bank lenders and also insurers. This has a direct impact on business resilience and profitability. Accordingly, we expect this to drive further merger and acquisition activity in financial services. We've advised on a number of mergers and acquisitions deals in the marketplace, such as the 86400 acquisition by National Australia Bank. Many of the trends that were happening before COVID won't go away. In fact, they'll move at a faster pace. The decline of cash was already happening. Alternative payment options are thriving at this time. Afterpay, for instance, was already doing really well and has continued to thrive. In a similar vein, we've seen some of the big banks introduce no interest rate credit cards. I'm not predicting the death of cash right now, but there are opportunities for new payment methodologies and COVID has really forced us to find solutions to problems that just didn't exist before. Open banking will be a great enabler for consumers, putting more power back into the hands of the people to move between banks in search of a better deal. That power will force all financial institutions to generate loyalty in new ways. The major banks in particular are used to a set and forget mentality where they haven't had to do much for their customers. They will face competition from the customer-owned mutual banks 
as well as the neobanks who all have a clear focus on the customer, financial literacy and additional incentives.